Hi, and welcome to the Parasmith Employment Podcast. I'm Tabitha Cunningham, an associate in the employment team at Parasmith, and I'm joined today by my colleague Charlotte Farrell, who's also an associate in the employment team. In today's podcast, we're looking at remote and hybrid working. 2021 was a difficult year for, empl- for employers, from enabling employees to work from home, to managing a gradual return to the office, to a sudden return again to working from home. Having seen that home working can work, many businesses have identified that hybrid or remote working will now be a permanent part of their business for the future. In this podcast, we're going to look at what employers should do to ensure that they are compliant if they want to formally introduce changes longer term. So Charlotte, for you, why should employers formalise their remote working practices? Well, as remote working was flung on us all out of necessity, businesses had a certain amount of grace at the beginning of their home working arrangements. It was accepted that employers couldn't necessarily carry out the kinds of checks that they would have done and the health and safety assessments on people working from home. It was also accepted that people would be working from unusual places, from their dining room tables, they'd have kids in tow, dogs. We've met a lot of family members through the process. Due to the challenges of the last few years, employers have understandably been focusing on on survival. They've been focusing on on getting through the the pandemic. They haven't really focused on performance management or indeed career progression and other aspects of of the employment relationship. Customer demand for face-to-face meetings in many industries has kind of dropped off the cliff as well. And it's only just now that we're starting to see it coming back again in, in larger numbers. As we hopefully return to late normal later this year, you know, the signs are looking positive at the moment. Employers really now need to consider how they're going to ensure that they can effectively support and manage their employees um, who permanently move to remote working or those who are going to carry out some form of hybrid working into the future. There's also a need to ensure that those working from home aren't penalised for their decisions, you know, that they're not um, held back from promotions or other opportunities because they're less visible to managers um, or they're, they're less visible to other members of the team as well. They also need to make sure that it's clear how much flexibility is going to be allowed. So if businesses want to have limits on how often someone can work from home, it's really important that that's communicated and clearly discussed with employees so that everybody knows what the expectations are as we move forward. And following on from that then, Tobiatha, what should employers do to formalise remote or hybrid working arrangements they want to put in place? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two steps, really. The first is looking at your policies and the second is looking at your individual employment contracts. So I think now all businesses, if they're allowing hybrid or remote working, they need to have a hybrid remote working policy, which clearly sets out the expectations on employees from how they're going to report to their line manager, to what expenses they can claim, to how we deal with health and safety. And I think having that across the board and and keeping it updated um, if expectations change will really be key. And I think as part of that, employers need to, to decide what they're going to allow in terms of flexibility as a given so whether that's you know you can automatically work two days a week from home or three days a week or 80 percent of your hours or or whatever it is across the business so that you've got a clear baseline as to to what's allowed for all Um, and then if employees need more flexibility than that how they could request that via flexible working I think the other thing then is to look at your employment contracts Um, because if you are agreeing that an employee can permanently work from home or on a hybrid basis, their contract probably needs to be amended to reflect that. And again, that's something that hasn't happened over the last year or so. I think we also need to be clear when we might want to make changes 
Again, for example, if there are performance concerns, often employers will want those employees to come back into the office, or it could be that your business need changes in the future as well. So I think clearly setting it out in your contracts, you know, what's allowed and, and what could change um, is it, really helpful to make it clear. Um, employees' consent to changes to contracts of employment is, is usually going to be needed. And it is also a good time to update your contracts generally, because again, contractual changes have kind of fallen by the wayside a bit due to the pandemic. And we did have the good work plan in, in 2020, which puts um, a lot more information needs to be put in employment contracts now, and many employers haven't got up to date with that. So it's a, a good thing to update contracts generally, but, but certainly on, on hybrid working as well. I mean, how about the practical side of things, Charlotte? What do you th think are the, the key practical things employers need to be considering now? I think the, the first is to focus on the health and safety obligations and something that employers maybe haven't had to focus so, so keenly on whilst people have been working in a, an office environment and everyone's been in the same place in the, the same um, the same building with the same arrangements in place. Yeah, as, an, as we all know, an employer is responsible so far as is reasonably practicable for the health, safety and welfare of individuals whilst they're at work. And that does extend to employees who are working from home, which is something very new for a lot of businesses. Um, Again, whilst the pandemic um, was was new and fresh, you know, this often went by the wayside, but it's something that employers really do need to be focusing on now that things are becoming more permanent and long term. This um, means that employers really need to make sure they're conducting um, suitable risk assessments on the home working arrangements that individuals have um, at their homes and making sure that any hazards are identified and risks are assessed as well we'd recommend that all employees sorry all employers make sure their employees have the necessary equipment to work from home and that we'd also recommend that employees carry out their own home working risk assessments they kind of self-certify their own um, areas as well and if there's anything that they think is causing them a problem they are asked to raise it with their managers and that leads to then a discussion that any problems are solved before the employee then works from home you know more regularly and permanently um, the second kind of key practical issue, I think, for most businesses is going to be data protection obligations, uh, making sure that employees are looking after company data whilst it's at home. We all know the obligations are there, but I suspect quite a few people um, don't put those into to practice. Things like making sure that employees are, are locking away confidential information, that they're not leaving computers in areas in the home, potentially where there are other people who could access them, and that um, all of the normal uh, measures that are confirmed in data protection policies are actually being used. Um, so a re-education and making sure people are aware of their obligations. Um, this might include training for employees as well, and just uh, updating um, you know, them on what their rights and obligations are. Something else as well, I think that companies need to be clear on with employees is where they can work from remotely. So the presumption is that most people are working from home, but actually if some people are thinking they're going to work from a public library, for example, or a cafe, you know, or they're going to work more flexibly from, from a, a, another location, that's something employers need to consider whether they're happy with and whether from a data protection perspective that's enough and make sure that's communicated as well in advance rather than when something goes wrong, it, it coming to light and, and causing a problem. So moving on from that, I suppose, um, we all know that working from, from home and working remotely can be beneficial for employees and employers. How would you recommend that employers support their employees that want to work remotely, things that they need to think about? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be the key for employers going forward. You know, we've obviously all seen a value in working from home, particularly for those that commute, but also there's lots of benefits that you lose, like the ability to connect with other people in the team, kind of available of availability of support in terms of work and, and just the mental health benefits of having social contact, contact 
with others. Um, I think firstly, employers need to be looking at their performance management policies and their appraisal systems to make sure that they reflect remote working. You need to think very carefully about how you can effectively support and communicate with employees that are working permanently remotely. Um, and as you said earlier, Charlotte, ensure that they're not penalised as a result, for example, if they're, they're less visible to their manager. Um, and I think that will become more difficult if we have a hybrid system, if everyone's working from home, it's easier to, to work out ways to keep in contact with everyone. Where it's harder is when some people are working at home and some people are in the office and there's more than of a risk of, of key communication being missed or, or someone feeling out of the loop. Um, I think it involves looking at your technology quite a lot. For example, do you have facilities and meeting rooms so that you can have hybrid meetings where you've got some people meeting in person and some people um, meeting remotely. It's, it's looking at your promotion opportunities as well to make sure that they're clearly advertised and they're made available to all and, and also looking at how you monitor workload as well because that's something that is a lot harder with people working remotely. Um, I think you know we talk about appraisals and, and regular one-to-ones with employees at the time but I think they're more important than ever um, you know we need to make sure that managers are keeping in touch with employees regularly and it, it's not going to work having an appraisal once a year if someone's working from home and they're not getting that day-to-day feedback you know we, we need to be making sure that there are key touch points with managers particularly where um, either the manager's working remotely or the employee's working remotely permanently I mean you touched Charlotte on kind of some limits on on the locations that employees can work from. I mean, what about um, the country that employees can work from? Is, is there anything we should be thinking about there? Yeah, that's a really good point and a really good um, issue to raise. It's something that we've seen more and more over the last few months and something that we hadn't really kind of had to, to grapple with for employers much in the, the past before COVID. We've, we saw that a lot of employees returned to their home countries during COVID or were caught out by, by being in another country when COVID hit and found that actually working from that location worked really well for them. I think a lot of um, businesses have also found that obviously with remote working you know, from the business's perspective um, on a day-to-day -day basis, it doesn't really affect them whether the person is you know, down the road um, from them in their home or whether they're in, in another country, the other side of the world, as long as they're able to provide the services. It is, however, something that from a legal and a practical issue employers should be aware of even if they're happy in principle for somebody to work from that other location um, unfortunately the regulation in this area hasn't caught caught up with with what people want to do the government has had other things on their their minds as well they haven't prioritized looking into these areas and brexit has just made it that much more complicated as well for a lot of countries and, and a lot of individuals so following brexit it, you know, there are careful careful consideration needs to be taken of the tax, the immigration, um, data protection obligations that come along with working in another country. There's also a risk that the business could be caught up by the employment and regulatory requirements in other countries as well. There's potentially a risk they could be seen as running a company in that country and then being caught by the taxation rules that apply to the company as well as the individual. So it's something that shouldn't be undertaken lightly. Um, if the employee is going to be required to come back to the UK as well for meetings, even if it's only infrequently, there could also be complex immigration issues that arise if the person loses their right to work in the UK or to come to the UK for those meetings. So it's something that needs to be looked at in advance and not retrospectively. We'd really recommend that employers make it clear to employees that at the moment they should be working in the UK if they're working remotely. If they want to work 
outside of the UK, then that needs to be discussed and agreed in advance so that all of those issues can be looked at and that the employers don't get caught out or the employees caught out by working from somewhere and then finding that actually it doesn't work in the way that they thought it would. You know, the last thing that we would want for, for both employers and employees is for them to find out there's a problem when they get stopped at immigration immigration on the way back into the UK and find that they're not allowed to come back because actually there was, was a problem. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't allow remote working from another country and it, it works really successfully for, for many businesses, but it's just making sure that everything's put in place in advance and that there are systems to do that. So yeah. I think we have covered um, quite a few topics now on, on hybrid and remote working. You know, we hope that you found this, this podcast useful and we hope that you've um, enjoyed the information we've shared today. Um, for further information in relation to the issues that we've discussed today, please feel free to contact us via our website, which is www.parasmith.co.uk. Um, and you can also download our guide to hybrid and remote working there as well. 